Anybody ever hear of the Phillips translation? Bishop J.B. Phillips uh, translated the New Testament, and I believe he finished the Old Testament into modern British English. So it's a little bit different than uh, our American versions. But I like what he calls the, uh, the title of the book of Acts. He calls it the young church in action. How many know that faith is an action word? Faith is an action word. We walk by faith. We live by faith. Hallelujah. We believe God. Even though we don't see Jesus, we believe God. Hallelujah. The early disciples were very fortunate. They got to see the risen Savior, Jesus, walked and talked among them for 40 days after his resurrection. Then it says over 600 eyewitnesses saw him lifted off the earth bodily up into the clouds and into the heavens. While they're all standing there with their mouths open, wow, two angels stand by and say, guys, get with the program. Action! <laughs> My mom, <laughs> when we were growing up, if mom would tell us something to do, give us a chore, and if we just stood there too long, she'd say, action! Or she'd say, roll them! Get busy! Let's do something! So this is what we're looking at in the book of Acts, their action, the young church in action. So last week and the week before, we see that uh, Peter and John went up to the temple, and uh, it's a, a, a guy sitting there outside. He's paralyzed. He's crippled in his feet, never walked, never worked. He's begging. There's no uh, welfare, there's nothing, there's no social programs. He relies on begging as his making a living, a way of life. And uh, fortunately for him, Peter and John come by, and they're about to go into the temple, and he asks, hey, guys, can you spare a quarter? You got a dollar? And uh, they look at him, and Peter says, look at me. So the guy pays attention. That's a good thing to do. Amen? Pay attention. And Peter tells him, I don't got any money, but I got something better, and raises him up, says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. And the guy gets healed, and he begins to walk and jump and rejoice. Praise God, I'm not going to jump around and dance like I did a couple of weeks ago as a demonstration of probably what he did. But I can imagine, <laughs> I can imagine he was excited. He said, wow, he never walked. And the Bible says the guy was over 40 years old. And guess what happens? He gets arrested with Peter and John. You're under arrest for getting healed. It's like, what? Wait. <laughs> Anybody ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? He's an old-time preacher. He believed in healing. He prayed for the sick. And there's a <clears throat> video of him. There's a report that he kicked a dead baby across the stage, and the baby came back to life. He was in Germany, according to what I read, and he got deported from Germany because he was praying for the sick, and God was healing people through him, and he got deported for practicing medicine without a license. <laughs> well, people are getting healed. Miracles are taking place. Sorry, you can't do that here. Good grief. How insane is that? So here, Peter and John, they've gotten arrested, they're put on trial, and they're threatened. Don't ever tell anybody about Jesus again. And Peter says, 
<laughs> well, if you think it's better to obey you than God, that's your decision. But our decision is we cannot but help to speak about what we have seen and heard. Our eyes have seen. How many have seen people get healed miraculously? Praise God. I'll never forget. Many, many years ago, I got the opportunity to preach at a little pioneer church that we had launched out of the church that I was in, and the pastor was unavailable. They asked me to go preach there. So at uh, the beginning of the service, we have prayer, and I said, anybody have any prayer requests? And this lady in the front, she said, I want to pray for my neighbor. But what I heard was, my sinuses are bothering me. So at the end of the service, I stopped, it's all over just about, and we're ready to close in prayer. And I looked at her, and I said, did you say your sinuses are bothering you? And her eyes got this big. She said, no, but uh, they are. I said, oh, come on up here. Let's pray for you. Is that your husband? Come up here. Let's pray and lay hands on you. She said, as soon as we laid hands on her and started praying, she said, her sinuses cleared up just like that. I said, wow, praise God. And then I asked her after, I said, what? Did you say that your sinuses bothered? No, I asked for prayer from my neighbor. Okay, <laughs> well, I heard something different. Hallelujah. God is real. God is real. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into Acts chapter 4. See what happens. They're released. Peter and John and the, and the, and the man that's healed, okay, you guys can go. And uh, they've been threatened. Where did they go? They went home and said, well, they yelled at us. They arrested us. No, they didn't go crying and whimpering and sniveling. <laughs> Let's go. They went back there to the place, the church, where everybody was. They didn't complain. How, oh, this is so unfair. Can't believe these guys. No, they went to their friends. They didn't, they didn't go to their enemies. They went to their friends. Notice in chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, the uh, Sanhedrin take note that Peter and John are uneducated men. <laughs> These guys, they're street people. They're uneducated men. <laughs> and they recognized, and they, then the Sanhedrin, the rulers, they realized, you know what? These guys have been hanging around with Jesus. That, 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 that Jesus, man, I thought we got rid of him. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> somebody, I forget who this knucklehead was, but somebody posted on social media, uh, well, we need to cancel Christmas. And while we're at it, let's just cancel Jesus Christ. <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Oh, you in for a big surprise. <laughs> so they go to their friends, and they give a report. Hey, guys, this is what happened. Where, where were you? And one commentator said, you know, the church was probably praying for Peter and John because no doubt, I'm sure, that somebody saw Peter and John and the crippled guy that got healed get arrested. So, man, they spent the night in jail for getting healed. <laughs> That's just crazy. So the church, I'm sure, one commentator said, was praying for Peter and John and the crippled guy, well, the healed man. And they come and they report, and this is what the chief priests and the Pharisees told us. No more speaking about Jesus. Do not mention his name. They ordered them. They charged them. 
They say, okay, you can go, but here's your parole. And if you violate parole, here's uh, what's going to happen to you. Jameson Fawcett in Brown's commentary says that this charge, this threat, was a declaration of war against the kingdom of heaven. No more speaking about Jesus. Don't tell anybody that you saw Jesus alive because we already paid the soldiers off and they said that uh, you stole them. That great video that Pastor Wayne found about how atheists think that the church started with the, uh, the disciples uh, gathered around a fire. Hey, guys, I got a great idea. Uh, let's steal the body of Jesus and then tell everybody that he rose from the dead. And then they'll kill us all and torture us. And Oh, yeah, no. Oh, that's a great idea. That's how Christianity got started, some people think. But no, John, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're going to kill us? Oh, don't worry, John. Well, you, I'd rather be on a deserted island, he says. If you look that video up, it's hilarious. I sent it to my atheist brother. <laughs> Didn't get a response from him, but one of his friends laughed at it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, tell him, you are commanded, do not spread this anymore. Don't tell anybody that you saw Jesus alive and... Peter and John say, you judge, should we obey you or God? Can't help it. Souls need to be saved. If we don't preach and tell other people about Jesus, who will? You know? (laughs) John chapter 12, verse 10. Most mind-boggling, one of the most mind-boggling scriptures that I've ever come across. The chief priests They're plotting on how to get Jesus to put him to death. And they say in verse 10, while we're at it, let's kill Lazarus too, because he rose from the dead. That's against the law. No raising from the dead. Sorry. You guys nuts? Are you going to kill him again? He was already dead once. Jesus rose him from the dead. If you kill him again, guess what's going to happen? He's going to raise again from the dead. Well, let's kill him. What madness, what insanity. The world's crazy sometimes, can you say amen? Hallelujah. And then, in verse 24 through 26, when they heard it, the churches gathered together and they hear the report, they lifted their voices together and said, to God and said, Sovereign Lord. I want to stop right there for a minute because this is amazing. This word Lord in this verse, there's only two times where the Greek word despotes is used. And that's where we get the word Lord, the despot, a tyrannical ruler. And what it literally means is an absolute ruler, someone who is the king and what he says goes. And there's only two places in the entire New Testament where the word Lord is used as despotes in Greek. The other place is in Luke's gospel where Simeon comes into the temple and he sees Jesus. And God had spoken to him and says, you will see my anointed one, you will see my Messiah before you pass into eternity. And Simeon comes into the temple when uh, Joseph and Mary are bringing Jesus to be presented to the Lord as the firstborn. Not the only child, the firstborn. Amen. And Simeon says, Lord, 
I have seen you, Messiah, now I can depart in peace. And that's the only other place, only two times in the entire New Testament, where that word sovereign Lord, sovereign ruler, despot, is used. Hallelujah. Truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, the Son of God, is referred to as a servant because Jesus came in the form of a slave, a servant. Amen? He was obedient to his ruler, his master, Father God, whom you anointed. And then, hey, these are the people that gathered against Jesus, Pontius Pilate, Herod, the Gentiles, even the people of Israel to do whatever. And this is God's hand and God's plan had predestined to take place. Nothing takes God by surprise. Oh, I can't believe they did that. No, God knows already. And that's a whole other theological argument that I'm not going to get into tonight or this morning. But God was not surprised. This was God's plan in the first place. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 24, verse 27. The two disciples are on the road to Emmaus. They're defeated. Oh, man, we thought Jesus was the Messiah. Now they killed him. And now some of our friends say they've seen him arisen from the dead. We don't know what to believe. And Jesus comes walking by with them. Hi, right, guys, what are you talking about? Aren't you the only one? Don't you, haven't you heard? So, and the Bible says Jesus speaks to them, beginning with Moses and all the prophets. Jesus is in every book of the Old Testament. Every single book has something about Jesus. All the Moses and the prophets. So Jesus interprets to them in all the scriptures concerning himself. And they still don't recognize him until they get, hey, Jesus makes like he's going to keep going. And and, uh, in in, uh, Luke's gospel, they say, hey, man, we like what you said. Why don't you come and have dinner with us? No, 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 I'm keep going. No, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on in. So they go in the house and they sit down to eat. Jesus breaks bread and they, it's Jesus. And Jesus disappears somehow or another. And what do they do? It's like, well, that was interesting. No, they jump up and go run back to Jerusalem. Hey, guys, we see him too. And he told us, this is what the deal is. Wow, wow. Ha, ha, ha. And they pray, God, you already knew what was going on. And they pray, and now, Lord, this is not the despot, but this is another word for Lord. Look upon their threats. See what they're doing. Like they did with the, the, the letter from Sanballat and, and Sennacherib. God, look what they're doing. They're threatening us. <laughs> Psalm 119 verse 126 says, It is time for you, God, to act. For they have regarded your law as void. There's a scripture, I believe it's in Isaiah, says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, those who change laws and times and make laws that we know is an evil thing to do, but the law says it's okay. Like Roe versus Wade, what was it, 40 years? 65 million babies? Well, the law said we could do it. (laughs) Well, go look at the history of how that organization came to pass. Oh, Miss Margaret Sanger. 
God have mercy. Well, the law says it's okay. They have disregarded your law as void. So God, do something, because you're God, and we know you can. Amen. Look upon their threats, and then they have make some requests. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, number one. Number two, God, stretch out your hand to heal. Number three, give us signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Not a surprise. Look on their threats. Grant to us. And you notice the word here, servants, is bondservants. This, again, is slaves. God, we are your slaves. We're also your sons and your friends. Help us, God, to speak your word with all boldness. Give us courage. How many know sometimes you have to say something about Jesus to people? People will say all kinds of stuff. Or you can say, talk about sports on the job site. Oh, you can't talk about Jesus. Did you see the, uh, uh, somebody posted a, a discipline letter that they got from their kid or, or from the school where their, their first grader, I believe it was, dropped something and said, Jesus Christ, and got wrote up from the school. You can't say that in school, in the public school. You can't talk about Jesus Christ. Good grief. How dumb can you be? You can say all kinds of other stuff. Can't talk about Jesus? Ha! <laughs> I like what uh, somebody also posted on social media. The First Amendment is, <clears throat> in the United States Constitution, you can say whatever you want. You have freedom of speech. And the Second Amendment is you better have a gun because you may have to defend yourself <laughs> because of what you say. Those guys were smart. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Preach your word with all boldness. Give us courage. Stretch out your hand to heal. Remember in the Great Commission, Jesus said, These signs will follow them that believe. Among other things, they'll lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. Hallelujah. Grant signs and wonders. This signs and wonders is uh, like God's seal of approval, authentication. That what we're saying is true. Wonders. And Napoleon Bonaparte was asked about Jesus Christ. He studied history. He studied leaders. And how did they motivate people? He raised an army of 400,000 men. 400,000 soldiers. And he, unfortunately for him, he tried to invade Russia in the winter. And about 300,000 or more froze to death. Not a very smart idea. In any event, someone asked him about Jesus Christ, and he said, Jesus Christ is the most unique leader that has ever lived in history because Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Most people, they would say, avenge yourself. Uh, Neil Montoya was in the revenge business for so many years, and he finally got revenge. Hello, you killed my father. Prepare to die. He took revenge for himself. But Jesus said, let God take revenge. Amen? Hallelujah. The presence of God. In Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it says Jesus was sitting in the house. And the Pharisees were there, the scribes were there, 
And he's teaching. And the Bible specifically says that the power of the Lord was present to heal. And so some guys knew about it. And they tried to get in with their friend. He's on a bed. He's paralyzed. They can't get in. So they come through the roof. Hallelujah. They open the roof up. Don't worry, we'll fix it later. And they drop the guy down on his bed in front of Jesus. And the power of God was there to heal. And Jesus tells the guy, your sins are forgiven. And everybody gets up. Only God can forgive sins. Okay. Just to prove to you, Jesus says, that I know what I'm talking about. Take up your bed and walk. And the guy does. He's paralyzed and he gets up, takes a bed. Thanks. The power of God was present to heal. Sometimes <laughs> the power of God confounds these uh, people that think they're so smart. Praise God. It was through the roof, the presence of God. So they're asking God, God, you see their threats? Hey, we would like to see you do something about it, God. I don't know, it's nice, or it's, it's a blessing, it's encouraging to see God move. To see God do something, to have your prayers answered. I know somebody was telling me, you know, I prayed for something like 15 years ago, and I forgot completely about it. And then when it came to pass, I remembered, wow, I prayed about that. Well, even though they had to wait a while. Remember how many years Abraham had to wait? 25 years before he got the promised son. Man, God, hurry up. We're the instant generation. We want microwave answers, but it doesn't always work that way. But God still loves us. Grant signs and wonders. I like the, uh, I believe, uh, William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. He says, you want to see a miracle? Come over here to this house. See this table full of food for the kids? There used to be a table full of alcohol. But a miracle has taken place, and the husband got saved and got delivered. And a miracle has transformed those alcohol bottles into food for his kids. That's a wonder. That's a miracle. The presence of God. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27. <laughs> the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out. And who will turn it back? When God determines to do something, no man can stop it. Amen? Praise God, the mighty God, the glorious Lord, the King of kings. Isn't that wonderful that we can come to the King of kings? The King of kings. Try going and walking into King uh, Charles's uh, house up over in England. Hey, um... King Charles, I want to just stop by and say hello. <laughs> they got guys outside with guns. <laughs> You're not coming in here uninvited. But Jesus is the king and lord over King Charles. And King, what's his name, the 10th over there in Denmark. Jesus is the king over them. And we can have an audience with the king of kings anytime. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, let's go on. They asked God to do all these things. Verse 31, when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They didn't pray for that, but God did that. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They didn't ask for that, but God did it anyway. And continued, they did ask to this, to speak the word of God with boldness and confidence. Resistance to the gospel causes shaking. 
When you talk to people about Jesus, you know, you can talk to people about God. But sometimes when you talk to people, you mention the name of Jesus, they get shaken. Amen. Hallelujah. A disruption is caused. Notice, first of all, that they were in a place and they were gathered together. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Don't forsake gathering. There's a church here somewhere in Tucson. I forget exactly where. They call themselves the gathering. It's a good thing to gather together with other believers. Amen. The, the lone sheep is no match for the, the devil. Hallelujah. Shaken. A foreshadowing of the commotion of the gospel will have in the world and the universe. Jameson Fawcett and Brown's commentary. Ha! In Acts chapter 16, verse 20, Peter and, uh, or, or um, Paul and Barnabas, they're in, I believe it's Paul, and, no, Paul and Silas. They're in the city of Philippi, and they've preached, and a bunch of people got saved. And uh, some of the leading ladies of the city, they get upset, and they get some rabble-rousers. And it says that these men, they get a, Paul and Silas arrested. These men exceedingly trouble our city. They get arrested and beaten and put in prison and they sing praises to God, and there's an earthquake. It shakes the place. Hallelujah. The power of the gospel. In Acts chapter 17, verse 6, it goes on to say that in Thessalonica, a disruption happens, a riot happens. These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. Somebody got upset because Jesus was preached, because the gospel was preached, the good news that there's a God that loves you, hallelujah, and has made a way to make your sins taken out of the way, hallelujah. They didn't ask to be filled, but God filled them anyway, amen? <laughs> and this word filled, I like throughout this, the whole chapter, the first few chapters, we always have this word, and, and this happened, and this, and this, and when they prayed, and they were filled. It goes on and on. Every, almost every few sentences, and this happened, and this happened, and it just keeps going on and on. Hallelujah. This word filled means to be imbued or to influence or to supply. How many know God, Jesus, is the great influencer. He's Modern-day influencers got nothing on Jesus. He's the ultimate influencer. Hallelujah. And he wants to make us influencers too. Amen? We're supposed to be the thermostat in the world. God doesn't like that. You need to get saved. You know, praise God. They continued to speak the word of God with boldness. God answered that prayer. This uh, boldness is, uh, I don't remember what the Greek word is, but it literally means to speak, speak freely, according to Vine's dictionary. It's freedom of speech, unreservedness of utterance. <laughs> How many <laughs> unreservedness? I like these old-time guys with all their words. Unreservedness of utterance. 
Amen? What did Jesus say? If you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father in heaven. Speak freely. The absence of fear and speaking boldly. It's confidence. It's cheerful courage. <laughs> I remember one time there was a guy at work. He was a Jehovah Witness, and he was spouting off his stuff, and I just smiled and laughingly said, ha, 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 that's not true. This is what the Bible says. <laughs> not long after, I got laid off. <laughs> he was one of the permanent uh, people there. <laughs> Confess Jesus before God. Before men, Jesus will confess us before God. Hallelujah. Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit when they spoke to the Sanhedrin. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go on. Verse 32. Hallelujah. And then there's another word. Now, the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. It still belonged to them, but they had an attitude that they had an open hand, like Pastor Wayne said this morning in the offering, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. <clears throat> in my personal finances, I'm working on getting out of debt completely. By the end of this year, I'll have another one paid off, then I can take that extra money that I was paying that one off and I could pay my house off in about five years or I could follow my dad's advice and keep my cash and just make the regular house payment, maybe a little bit extra, and it won't matter too much. But what will matter is if I have that extra so that I, when I have opportunity, when needs arise, I can bless. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Now and... <laughs> This is, I believe, one of the fruits of the Spirit, that they will be able to have everything in common. Generosity is an aspect or a, a characteristics of God. Amen? The liberal soul shall be made fat, the Bible says. <laughs> I went to the doctor on uh, Tuesday, uh, and uh, I stepped on the scale, and it said I weighed 150 pounds. I never weighed 150 pounds. My scale at home says I weigh 135, so I guess I have been made fat by the goodness of God. Who knows? I'll have to get one of them is wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I wanted to mention resistance to the gospel. We were out witnessing one time many years ago with my first pastor, and this guy comes up and goes, Yeah, the starts, yak, 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 yak. And the pastor Calloway looks at him. He goes, you know what? When you lay your head down at night on your pillow, you are lonely. The guy goes, oh, how did you know that? And he took off and quit pestering us. <laughs> Praise God. He was resistant to the gospel. He was show shaken. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because he got a word from God. Glory to God. Anyway, I digress. Great grace was upon them all. Notice, Matthew Henry says, <laughs> I love this comment. Uh, they were of one heart, and none of them said any of the things that belonged to him was his own. Matthew Henry says, now this does not mean that the poor robbed the rich. There was no uh, transfer of wealth. There's a, there's a uh, redistribution of wealth. 
I'm not interested in the redistribution of wealth. I worked pretty hard for since I was 11 years old to accumulate the little bit of wealth I have. I'm not interested in the government telling me that I have to redistribute my wealth to somebody that doesn't deserve it. If someone's in need, yes, I'm glad to help. But to command us through the government and the laws that you have to redistribute your wealth, give it to somebody who would like to have it. I don't believe that. And I don't believe that's what the gospel preaches. But what the gospel does preach, Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. Amen? So we can do what we can. And being sensitive to the Spirit of God, sometimes God will lead you. You know what? Give that homeless person, it doesn't look like that guy can work. I'm going to give him some cash. Hey, man, go get something to eat. And immediately the guy, I looked in the rearview mirror as I drove off. He started picking up his stuff to go get something to eat. Praise God. Anyway, great power. Great grace was upon them all and great power. The reason they needed great power because we sometimes need the power of God working through us to speak to people, to get them to incline their hearts to God, to get them to receive from God. Amen? We need God's power. We need God's grace. The early church there was liberal towards the poor. There is... There is, and they were unattached to their possessions. They were able to say, oh, sure, you need that? Go right ahead. No problem. There's about 5,000 people at the time. So you're sure, you can be assured that they needed uh, a good amount of finances. And as a result, they gave testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great power was released. As a result, there was not a needy person among them, for as many as were owners of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold, laid it at the apostles' feet, was distributed to each as any had need. There is a big difference between needs and wants. There was a mining company that went into a, a jungle area or a, a, an undeveloped area, and they got a bunch of the natives to come to work at the mine. They got their first paycheck, and they didn't come back to work. So, well, what happened? We got enough money. We don't need any more money. So you know what they did? They distributed a bunch of catalogs among the people, and then the people realized, oh, wow, hey, I would like to have that. I want that. So I need more money. So everybody went back to work. Advertising. It, you know, it, it stirs a desire. Uh, 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 in fact, it, it's a lust, you know. <laughs> I want that. There's a difference between wants and needs. And thank God that all the needs were met. One man in particular is mentioned. Joseph who was also called by the apostles Barnabas. They gave him a nickname, like Jesus gave to Peter. Simon Barjona, I'm going to give you a nickname, Jesus said. Your nickname is now Peter, Rocky, Petra, which means a rock. So they give Joseph a nickname, Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. 
So I guess he was able to encourage people. He, he's, he had a way with people. That was a blessing. Hallelujah. Known as Barnabas, they changed his name as a sign of their value of him. He said, you know what? Uh, we like this guy, Joseph. Let's call him Barnabas because he encourages people. Let's get him on the team. Amen? One man in particular, Psalm 113, and I got these as I was praying this morning in the prayer room. Psalm 113, verse 7. God raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the dust. Excuse me. <laughs> out of the ash heap or the dung heap or the outhouse of life that he may set him with princes, the princes of God's people. And you know, when we receive Jesus, we enter into the royal family of God. Because Psalm 68 verse 6 says, God sets the solitary in families. He brings those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. People that don't receive Jesus or reject Jesus, they're missing out. What a tragedy. They're missing out. God is so good. And they miss out because of one reason or another. You mean I'm going to have to give a partying and drinking and chasing women? And <laughs> There's something better than that, you know like stability of life, like being uh, adopted into the family of God, like being set with the princes of God's people. Man, it's a lot better than wallowing with a hangover. Amen? Not remembering what you did the night before. Praise God. Hallelujah. And he was a Levite lived in Cyprus, and he made his way to Jerusalem. He had a field that belonged to him. He bought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. That doesn't say that he had no other resources, and that was all he had, but it does say that apparently God impressed upon him to do that. Hallelujah. So if God impresses upon you to do something, it's a good idea. First of all, if it's something major, get with Pastor Wayne and get some counsel. At the 22nd Street Church, we had a couple that were fairly well-to-do. And God moved in his heart to give a large amount of money. And at a men's discipleship meeting, he said, no, he got up and he said, you know, he didn't tell us how much it was, but I'm sure it was a good amount of money. He says, there's tax, tax consequences in this country, so you have to be wise in your giving. Amen? And he said, you know what? I followed through. I got counseling from my, uh, um, my tax advisor, and I got counseling from the pastor of the church, and I gave this money the way it was supposed to be done. And guess what? He said, now I have even more money than the one I started with. <laughs> God blessed him. He said, I, I was amazed. God told him to give a certain amount of money, and he gave it the way it's supposed to be done. And he got more. <laughs> I have more money than when I gave it all away, he said. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is very good. He's a loving father. We're loved by him. Hallelujah. That's who we are. He loves us. That's who he is. 
Praise God. But God wants to draw people into his family through the adoption made available through Jesus. Jesus paid the adoption fee. Amen. Praise God. And we now have all the benefits of that adoption. So this morning, let's close in prayer. Hallelujah.